The South African Minister of International Relations and Cooperation, Dr. Naledi Pando, will be arriving in Moroni at the Union of the Comoros later tonight on an official visit. So I have an opportunity to engage with the South African Head of Mission in Moroni, Ambassador Anesh Maestre, to establish the purpose of Minister's visit and to expand on the details of our relations uh, between South Africa and uh, Como. Thank you so much for joining us on Ubuntu Radio. You are welcome. Thank you very much, Telma, for having me, and it's always wonderful to be on our in-house radio. Would you kindly brief us on the aims and objectives, as well as the activities of the minister during her visit at the Union of the Comos? Well, uh, Minister Pando uh, settled on coming to the Comos uh, this year as part of her schedule. And it was an apt time for her to visit because the Comores assumed the chairship of the African Union. So that is an important element to actually have an engagement around uh, particularly African issues. And there's a lot of issues that are concerning the AU at the present moment. But a major, major focus on this is the enhancement of bilateral relations, both political, economic, and people-to-people -people relations. And we are hoping to finally sign a general cooperation agreement which will establish a joint commission so that we can structure our relationship in terms of the various sectors that we identify for cooperation and, in general, the enhancement of relations between two African countries, partner countries. What are our priorities on those agreements that we are hoping to sign? Well, uh, the general cooperation agreement establishing the Joint Commission is a very open-ended agreement which says that both parties need to, uh, moving forward, identify sectors for cooperation. But uh, in the mission work, we've prioritized uh, cooperation for trade and investment to increase it because our trade and investment statistics are not where we need it to be for two countries that are literally neighbors. The other thing is that Comoros needs a lot of... Uh, assistance and support in socioeconomic issues. And one of those is healthcare, the other one is education, and the other one is just people-to-people -people diplomacy in terms of uh, uh, civil society-based organizations. Furthermore, uh, there are potential areas and sectors that we can look at enhancement in terms of technology, especially in terms of uh, data technology and also to look at uh, intelligence and uh, security cooperation in the region, in the Indian Ocean region. Well, uh, the close relationship uh, Comos developed with South Africa in the 1980s was much less significant to both countries in the 1990s. How would you describe the current state of bilateral political and business relations between the Comos and South Africa? Uh, like I was saying... Uh, we, there is a lot of room for enhancement of, of relations, but our political relations are very cordial. Uh, they are very good. This is uh, uh, seen in the fact that President uh, Azalia Somani will receive minister during her visit here, which is an important event as part of the program of the visit. So the political relations are on a very good footing. The area that we have to really concentrate on is to build the economic relationship. And I think what is important is to note that the Comores has now implemented a roadmap 
to, towards fully integrating into the African continental free trade area. And this will be an important stepping stone in assisting to lift barriers uh, of trade between the two countries. But another important area is that we've got to look at logistic links, both maritime and air, so that this can benefit both people-to-people -people exchanges, but more so the movements of goods and services. So these are important areas that we have to focus on. I would say this without a shadow of doubt, that we have built a very, very good political rapport with the Comores. The embassy and myself as head of mission has easy access to senior ministers and, if needs be, to the president of the country. And that is really a testament to the relationship and the value that we place and the Comorians place on the bilateral political relationship. But a lot of work lies ahead to build the economic relationship because it's nowhere near what we need or have. At some point in time, South Africa closed its consulate in Moroni in 1992, but continued to offer um, uh, developmental aid to the Comores. And since uh, the 1989 coup and subsequent expulsion of South African financed mercenaries, Comores likewise turned away from South Africa and towards France for assistance with its security need. What necessitated the reopening of the mission here in Moroni? Let me just say from the outset, there's a historical context to South Africa's relationship with the Comores that can be divided into two periods. Firstly, during the apartheid period, the Comores was used as a staging ground for a lot of mercenary activity, but also for covert South African apartheid intelligence operatives. And so they operated from the Comores, and a lot of their operations was geared towards destabilizing the frontline states, using the Comores as a staging area. So it's not a good history and the role that apartheid South Africa played and mercenaries such as Bob Dinar in destabilizing this country. So ever since independence, Comores has been fraught with political instability uh, because of the operation of these two stakeholders. I'm not going to look into their motives or call into question what was being done by the different role players in this, but this is a historical context. So you look at the relationship during apartheid. There was a very, very big trade relationship here because South Africa at that time during apartheid uh, uh, owned a hotel called uh, the Galawa Hotel, which was built by Sun International and Saul Kersner, a five-star hotel that was on this island, which allowed access and uh, to South African holiday makers to the island. And of course, that increased the trade relationship. But with the closure of the hotel and the subsequent withdrawal of uh, South African business, uh, apartheid business from, from the island, uh, there was a lull. And post-apartheid, uh, we re-established relationships uh, within the Comores and, of course, uh, diplomatic relations were there already. Uh, so we had to look at a new frame of how we, we, we engage with the Comores, and we engaged with the Comores as an African partner within the context of the OAU and then the African Union. And then South Africa became intrinsically involved in the Comores in 1999 
because there was a coup d'etat and then a separatist crisis. And while South Africa was overseeing or was shepherding in the creation of the African Union as a transition from the Organization for African Unity, the Comorian crisis was a fully blown crisis that was seized within the newly, newly constituted African Union. And South Africa, under the leadership of President Thabo Mbeki and our then Foreign Minister Nkosazana Dlamini Zuma, were tasked by the AU to resolve the crisis. So a lot of political capital was expended to actually bring unity to the country. It culminated in a 2001 agreement called the Fumboni uh, All-Party Framework Agreement, where the three islands that were part of the union then, but this also includes the fourth island of Mayotte, which we will talk about later, were then brought in together as partners into a power-sharing uh, agreement called the Fuboni Agreement with a rotational presidency for all of the islands and the main, main purpose of this agreement was to keep the integrity of the unitary state of the Comores. And this is a lot of work that was done by our political principles from South Africa. And at that point we took a decision to be able to, be, to, to champion uh, uh, reconciliation, national reconciliation and also social cohesion of the country. And we felt that opening up an embassy was apt. And in 2004, and we officially opened an embassy, which is open to date. And, and our main focus is to support the Comorian state for political stability, but also to assist and support in them building a prosperous, prosperous future for the country and retaining the integrity of the union of the country. Now, there's an important thing is that the world does not realize that the Comoros is not just three islands. Internationally, it's recognized as a country of four islands. The island of Mayotte is under, technically under occupation by France. Even though France has declared it an overseas department of France, the 101st Overseas Department of France, international law is, and history is on the side of the Comoros is that the sovereign integrity of the Comoros includes the island of Mayotte. Uh, South Africa has enjoyed uh, the support of many countries in the multilateral fora. Would you say Comoros is a part of these countries? Uh, Comoros is an African partner, uh, and we count on their support, and we always approach them on every multilateral issue to discuss their support, and we will value their support moving forward. But like with all countries and partners, everybody doesn't see eye to eye on all issues. But as an African partner, we are one in terms of pan-African vision. Comoros is part of that vision. They have that vision of supporting South Africa from a pan-African perspective, especially if we have African consensus positions and issues. So we personally can say as South Africa, we see Comoros as a friend and as a partner on the multilateral stage. Are there any uh, special efforts that South Africa is making to improve the economic relations, especially in the areas of trade and investment with our Comorian counterpart? Thelma, as I indicated when we started here, one of the main objectives of the visit of Dr. Naledi Pando, our foreign minister, to uh, the Comoros is to enhance 
the relationship. But that is done through a structured dialogue mechanism. And signing the general cooperation agreement to create a joint commission is an important element to be able to structure and formalize our relationship in different sectors. And one of those focus sectors is trade and investment. And, and there's a lot of room for opportunity for trade and investment. But that does not mean to say that the embassy has not been doing any work to look at bringing South Africa and the Comoros closer within the framework of SADC and within the framework of the African common market. We've been working, and there are a few sectors that we've attempted to do a lot of uh, cooperation and look at possible investments and look at uh, possible ways of which we can bring in South African business into the Comoros and vice versa. At the end of your tenure here, what legacy will you leave behind and what key lessons will you be taking home? We are servants of South Africa and the South African people. Legacies are something that is born out of the work that every ambassador comes to this mission to do. And so I'll just be part of a big legacy that has been set from the time we assisted this country with its political stability and maintaining the unity of the country. And for me, what will be important is the signing of a joint cooperation agreement. It is something that has been tasked to most ambassadors that have been serving here, if not all ambassadors. So I just see it as part of the work that was done by other people, the groundwork laid by other ambassadors, and I continue. If it happens during my term that it's signed, it's a South African legacy, not Ambassador Maestri's legacy. The key lessons is that countries in Africa, it's you learn to no matter how big or small a country is in Africa, you need to respect the country, its people, and its traditions. And that is a very important lesson that I'll take away as, as a South African uh, and as a South African diplomat is respect. Also, Ubuntu is not just a South African concept. It's an African concept, and I see Ubuntu in this country every single day. And for me, that is one of the lessons I take away, that it's an African thing. It's about the entire village all over Africa. So that's another important thing. And the final thing is that being able to talk to political principles in a country is a good thing, but also engaging people in villages, people-to-people -people diplomacy in a country like the Comoros is vital. It, it's a lifeblood of the work that we do. And that is the most important legacy, is you do not serve in a country just to be dealing with the host government. You serve in a country to be able to deal with building relationships with the people. And that, for me, is my own personal legacy that I will take away in the four years I've been here. That is what I've tried to do, not only for structured events like Mandela Day, but just going out and meeting people, going into villages, going into schools. This has been one of the things that I've enjoyed doing, but it's been important. You touched on a very magical word, Ubuntu. We are Ubuntu Radio, South Africa's public diplomacy in action. Ambassador Anesh Maestri, thank you so much for making time to speak to Ubuntu Radio. It's my pleasure, and it's always good to be on one of our platforms.